Howdy folks, welcome to Bad GM's Campaign Build Along. I'm the Bad GM, Wayne Davis, and over the course of this show, we'll be creating an entire campaign for you to run from scratch. That means we're building an entire starting town from scratch, learning how to create our characters by creating a sample character of our own, then developing the various scenarios that make up a campaign. To this point, the game system we've been using is Deadlands Classic, and we're continuing to create our scenarios today. Last week, we got our intrepid adventurers to the city of Santa Fe, where they met up with the chief of police, presented their letter of recommendation from the Texas Ranger they'd gotten it from, and got information from him about the Black Widow they were looking for. They wound up at the Grand Hotel and, through some gambling and some money spread around, found not only the Widow, but also a bounty to pick up, if they asked about it. Depending on how your group plays it, things either go really smoothly, like I did with my group, or really bad, and we sincerely hope that that is not the case. We left things off with the group dropping the prisoners off at the jail and having the remainder of the evening to themselves. And yes, you can have your players do whatever you'd like to have them do. Just don't make the same mistakes I did, and I'm not going to rehash them here. Go back and catch last week's episode if you'd like to hear me humiliate myself for messing things up for your listening pleasure. Okay, so let's get to the next morning. Now, your group might want to head back to the jail to see if the chief sent the telegraph he said he was going to send. But if they're not in a big hurry to do that, it's no big deal. If we run with the assumption that they didn't, they'll start hearing murmurs as they go through their morning that something big happened at the police station, and they'll hear that it's been locked down. That should get their attention. Heading that way, they realize that the closer they get to the station, the bigger the crowds get. After all, the one constant in human history is that we all seem to love rubbernecking a bad situation. They'll have to push their way through the crowd, and they ultimately run into a cordon of police officers that don't seem to want to let them through. However, the chief ultimately sees them and gives the word to allow them through. He reports to them that at some point after they left last night, the two officers posted inside the station were murdered and the prisoners escaped. Additionally, his personal safe was cracked and everything he had inside it was taken. For those who remember the end of last week's campaign recap, this will be bad news for my group. Well, one member specifically, but we'll get to that a little later on. What concerns the chief is that the doors were still locked when he reported this morning with his morning officers to open up to relieve the overnight crew. Additionally, he can't find another way that they got out of the jail, and since all of the keys are accounted for, he finds it hard to believe they came out the front doors and locked them up behind them. Besides, there's a tavern right across the street, and the owner reports not seeing or hearing anything unusual coming from the jail. So he's at a loss. He's got two dead officers to take care of, and he needs to use what manpower he has left to manage people and start doing a canvas. So with that, he asks for a favor, which is for the group to take a look inside and see if they can see something. When the group enters the station, if they didn't know something had happened, they wouldn't have had a clue. The station looks as organized as it had been the previous day when they saw it for the first time. Literally, there isn't anything out of place. They do see two bloody spots on the floor where the dead officers fell, but they don't find any indications that shots were fired. Of course, by this point, the smell of gunpowder would be gone, and the bodies have already been removed, so they don't have them to check out. If they ask the chief, he says it appears the officers were stabbed to death. The door to the chief's office was picked, but they note it was a professional pick, meaning that there's very little damage or scratching on that lock. 
The safe was also a professional hack as it was opened apparently without much issue at all. The inside of the safe is completely empty, but it's obvious it was also done professionally as there are no papers on the floor or anything that doesn't appear to be where it's supposed to be. Checking the cells, those were picked again, and, well, it was a professional pick. By the way, you should have whomever is checking these various locks make a cognition roll. If they've got some experience in those areas, make the target a 6. Otherwise, make sure it's at least a 10. The floors are almost immaculately clean, so they don't find any footprints leading anywhere at first. When players start searching near the cabinets or closets on the right-hand side, have them make a Cognition 12 roll. If they succeed, they notice some scratch marks on the floor that don't seem to make a lot of sense. Thinking it out, they realize that the closet door sits a little bit lower than it should. Opening it, they see that there's nothing in it, but another Cognition check, make it easy, give them a 5, shows that the bottom of the closet doesn't seem to be right. In other words, the wood doesn't seem to be in the same position as the rest of the wood in the floor. They quickly realize that the floor piece can be removed and it has two leather strap handles on the underside of it. They also notice a rope ladder headed down. Needless to say, they found the way whomever killed the police and released the prisoners got in and got out. Let's assume, for the record, the group informs the chief of what they found. He'll be surprised that there's a fake floor, a ladder, or a tunnel under there, and you can have the group make whatever rolls you'd like, but he is genuinely surprised. But he also realizes pretty quickly that in order for any of this to work, they had to have an inside man somewhere. He states that he'll find the inside man on his end and agrees with the group chasing down the tunnel to see where it goes. Now, doing quick math, the group has to figure that the prisoners have at least six hours on them as a head start, and it would also be unwise for them to have stayed too close to Santa Fe. That being said, if you don't check out every lead, you might miss something. So the group can get lanterns, arm up, and head on down the ladder. Now, the tunnel is crude. I mean, it's obvious this was dug by hand. And a Cognition 10 roll, or any other roll you think would be appropriate, makes it clear that this is a fresh dig as well, which you can attribute to the dirt still being fairly moist the closer you are to the jail. Anyway, the tunnel is five feet wide, about six feet high, and it is not smooth. You can see shovel marks all over the place. It also winds around. Think of it as the most windy road you've ever been on and crank it up to about 15. The group will have issues keeping track of which way they're going and they'll be moving slow since they have to go single file. This would also be a good place to ask for random rolls or to make random rolls on your own if you want just to kind of heighten the tension. I didn't put any sort of an encounter down here, but if you want to, if you feel it's appropriate, feel free. Now, after what seems like hours, they come across the rope ladder going up, and they realize they can see the sun at the top of the ladder. They come out in the middle of a field. Scanning the surroundings, they realize they're about 300 yards or so south of Santa Fe, and probably about 350 to 400 yards south of the jail itself. They find a campfire that's cold, plus they can see where bedrolls had been laid out and used. They also find a set of wagon tracks, but since they run both east and west, it'll be hard to figure out which way the bad guys went. The wise decision here would be to head back into town and speak with the chief, but if they want to try to figure out which way the wagon went, they can make a Cognition 15 roll. If they make it, the tracks heading east are the freshest, ergo the wagon went east. But they don't have their horses or gear, so they're going to need to head back to town anyway. 
if they go to meet with the chief. He's very upset about what's going on and can report that after a bit of digging, it appears that one of the dead officers was the inside man, but he wants to keep digging to either prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt or disprove it. If they report everything, he'll note that heading east-southeast would be the smartest move at this point as they could head through Texas and make their way to New Orleans. From New Orleans, the places they could go would be limited only by the amount of money they'd have to spend. So his bet is that they're New Orleans bound. If your group doesn't want to chase down the escaped prisoners, then they're finished for now. They can either knock around Santa Fe for a bit or head back to Triumph. Truth be told, if they're not following the prisoners, just have them return to Triumph. Unless, of course, you want to create a small adventure that they can do here in Santa Fe as an alternative. We're going to continue with the idea that they're going to chase off after the prisoners. My group had a darn good reason to do it, but yours might not. By the time they gather all their gear and get going, they'll realize they're at least 8 hours behind, maybe 10 hours. So, speed is of the essence. However, they also know they can only ride so hard for so long before their horses tire and either need to be rested or traded. Also, they can't just go due east. They go east for a bit, then they have to cut south due to the Rocky Mountains, because those still have some force in this area. So they have to hook south just like they did when they came in, follow the mountains until they turn into the hills, and then they can cut back to the east. Of course, they're going to want to avoid Roswell for obvious reasons. Other than that, you can have them go whatever direction you want them to go. Now, if you want the group to be able to trade horses without resting much, You'll have to either get your hands on a map of Texas circa 1876 or just drop some small towns and villages in along the way. That'll get costly after a bit, and truth be told, you and I both know they're not going to catch them before they get to New Orleans. And what happens next will solidify that. After they've ridden in Texas for a day or so, they'll get ambushed by a group of Mexican soldiers. Why are they this far north? Doesn't matter. Why are they here? They want money, food, and weapons. They'll try to intimidate the group into giving up their stuff, and if they fail, they'll start shooting. It's up to you to decide how far this goes. I mean, if your group decides to cut and run, the bad guys will chase them and shoot. However, if the party gets the drop on the bad guys, they will turn tail and halt butt to the south. Your players can chase if they want, but I'd advise against it. By the way, if anyone got shot, they need to get to a larger city ASAP because of the surgery rules. So you'll need to figure out what large city your group was closest to and have them run hell-bent for leather to get there. Now, you may want to fudge the rules a bit here because if they're in the middle of Texas, making a big city inside of a day isn't possible. And the healing rules in the book say anything not dealt with in a day is permanent. So I leave that to you. I mean, you could put a medium-sized town in there that has a surgeon if you want to. Again, play it how you feel it needs to play. By the time the fight is done, it should occur to the players they're probably going to be ambushed more if they keep going this way. And if they don't have to head to a city to get healed up, they should decide that heading back to Triumph is a smarter choice. You know, live to fight another day. If they have to head off to a big city, they'll be laid up a couple of days while whomever needed the surgery heals up. And if you want to have a surgeon in a smaller town of your design, like I said, go ahead and do that. Anyway, by that point, it'll be obvious they won't catch the prisoners. With an almost three-day head start, they can be in Pittsburgh by this point, or on a ship bound for Europe. So, back to Triumph. Be kind to your group on the return trip, and don't throw anything at them. Oh, and at this point, give them two white chips, one for the casino deal and one for the chase. Okay, so it'll take a lot of days to get back to Triumph, and I'm not going to state how many because I don't know where your group is. 
Mine wound up in Amarillo, so it wasn't as many as it might have been, but I'll get to that in a bit. So let's fast forward to the return to Triumph. As they enter town, regardless of what way they came in, they hear a lot of gunshots. If they came from the east, they can see it plain as day. From the south, it's also pretty obvious what's up. From the west, it takes a second, but eventually they figure it out. There's five or six men firing on the jail. They're across the street using wagons and anything else they can find as cover as they pump round after round into the jail. Every few shots, someone inside the jail returns fire. So, they need to figure out how they want to do it. If they came in from the east, their decision is made for them, as the men are going to start firing on them too. If they came from the south or the west, they have choices. They can try to sneak around to the north and bring themselves down the sides of the jail, but a better way to do it would probably be to loop south out of town and come up behind them. Regardless, they've got to make a decision and run with it. Use the gunslinger concept on page 82 of the player's guide for the shooters. Run the fight. Let the proverbial chips fall where they may. For your record, Marshal Ed and the mayor are the men inside the jail returning fire, so you can work them up in your fight order and use them to help the group deal with the situation. Marshal Ed gets the sheriff template on page 97, and the mayor gets the prospector template on page 95. Hopefully your group prevails. Remember that you've got a brand new doctor in town, and he's got dots and surgery, so if anybody gets messed up, he's there to be the proverbial Johnny on the spot. The marshal and mayor have some nicks and cuts on them, but they're otherwise okay. When asked, neither man has a clue why this happened, so the group has a brand new problem to deal with. And we have a week to get that worked out because we're going to bring the creative part of our show to a close. So let's wind back the clock, pick up where we left off last week, and get into our campaign debriefing. We're going to pick up in my game where we picked up in this show, the morning after the prisoners were dropped off. Now, Gabe was exceptionally antsy because he had 40 grand in the safe in the chief's office. So he was ready to head over there first thing in the morning, and the group hurried through their morning rituals so they could get over there. Rather than hear the rumors like we set up in the design, they ran smack into the chief who was in the process of forming up the perimeter to block off the street. When the chief reported what had happened, the group immediately offered to help in the investigation. After all, Gabe had a financial stake in this. They went through their investigation the same way I described in the creative part of the episode. I laid it out for your game the very way my group did, and it was Aniston, who had returned for this session, who thought to check the closets and found the hole. Aniston was also the one who asked about the condition of the dirt, so two points to the kid on that one. For the record, when I pointed out the moisture thing to the group, I got a bunch of snickers until Aniston and I both pointed out why what I said would have been logical. Of course, if you're a dirt person and know I was wrong, then do it the right way and hit me up and explain where I messed up. They dropped into the tunnel and followed it along to the exit. When they got out, they realized they'd lost their prisoners. They figured on their own that the wagon had to have gone east, and I used Jim's character to help with that because he wasn't there yet, and I played him as an NPC, because West was either California slash Lost Angels or cutting due north to Canada. East just makes sense. A couple of the group headed back into town to collect the gear and horses and to tell the chief what was up, while Aniston and Scott decided to use dynamite to close the tunnel as a favor to the chief. Scott threw some, didn't quite close it. I decided he grabbed a bad group of dynamite from the cave from earlier but Aniston got it with his own dynamite a bit later. Or, more to the point, they left a huge crater in the earth where a tunnel used to be. They mounted up and hauled tail south, then cut east as soon as they could. Of 
course, with two members of the party riding donkeys, they had to go a bit slower than the others, but they, they still did pretty good. They only rested when they had to, and Jim, Gabe, and Max worked as lookouts, moving ahead of and to the sides of Aniston and Scott to see what they could see, which meant that on day two, Gabe and Max were the ones who ran into the Mexicans. Gabe was trying to talk him down, but Max had pulled his rifle and had it pointed, so that kind of negated what Gabe was trying to do. By the time Jim could get close, Max and Gabe had already been shot, and Max was in a bad way. Jim got a couple shots in, and Scott and Aniston managed to get in and get some shots in as well. One of them got the leader, and once that happened, the others fled. But Max and Gabe were in a bad way, so the group hauled it for Amarillo as quickly as they could. Using the healing rules, they were both able to be healed, but Gabe was out of it for a day or so, and Max was out longer. For the record, Jim got to the game around this point, and he immediately noted that with the amount of time the boys were laid up, those prisoners were long gone, which meant all the money they'd been chasing with them was gone. Jim decided to buy a wagon to put Max in, since he still shouldn't have been in the saddle, and they agreed to head back to Triumph. Needless to say, whether you're riding in a wagon or riding on horseback, when you're gut shot and riding, it hurts like heck. So I took pity on them, and I didn't throw anything at them as they returned to Triumph. And for the record, they approached Triumph from the south, with the thought being they'd enter the stables from the south side and walk out into the street. So that meant they heard the gunfire and saw the guys doing it long before those guys saw them. They made their quick plans, posted up, and took out all five shooters. And none of the heroes got shot. Their discussion with the marshal and mayor went just like we laid it out in the creative portion of this show. But rather than stop like we did there, we're going to continue with the last part of this session because it might give you some ideas for your game, especially if you've got some characters like the ones in my game. Scott decided he was going to use his power to see if he could get any of the dead shooters to give him information about why they were there. One of them showed him a memory, and I pulled Scott aside to discuss it privately. Scott saw it from the perspective of the guy, and what he saw was a soldier dressed in uniform and looking uncannily like Jim's character, indiscriminately shooting anything that moved, whether it was enemy or civilian. When the dead guy said something to him about it, Jim pointed his own pistol in the man's face and said, If you tell anybody, I'll kill you myself. Scott took a few minutes personally to absorb what I told him and asked if there was any detail from the vision that he might have recognized. I told him that based on the focus of the individual, the background wasn't very clear, so he was unable to discern anything useful. Once we returned to the group, Scott detailed what he'd seen. Jim then asked me how that would have been possible, as it's not exactly how he saw his character. I reminded him that he has holes in his memory, and they are specific to his time as a soldier, which he let me handle filling in. He wasn't happy with that answer, I could tell, but in the moment, he went with it. It was at that point that we wrapped the session. Now, I know where this is going to go, but I'm going to hold off on that for the moment. Anyway, next week we continue on with our scenario building, and we'll get into what my group ran into in last week's session. I know we ran a bit shorter today than usual, but I try to keep the creation and debriefing sections of this show somewhat equal to each other, so that we're only building as much as we've recapped. However, I'm aware that moving forward, that's not always going to be possible. So I expect we'll get back to our usual 30-minute episodes starting next week. I'd like to take a minute 
to encourage you to check out our other podcast, Role Playing History. This week, we did something a bit different as we looked at the role role playing games can play in helping with improving mental health. So, whether you usually listen to that show or not, I strongly recommend this week's show, and you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. As always, all of the Deadlands materials we reference in this show are trademarked and copyrighted materials from Pinnacle Entertainment Group, and we use them solely for entertainment purposes. The music we use for this show comes from pixabay.com. Check them out for all of your license free and royal free music needs for your next project. Bad GM's Campaign Build Along is a production of Bad GM Productions. Follow us on Facebook, Bad GM Productions, Twitter at Bad GMP, YouTube, Bad GM Productions, Twitch, we've got a channel, Bad GM, and you can email us at badgmproductions at gmail.com. Join us next week as we figure out who those shooters were and what our group is going to do to avenge the attack on Triumph. That's next week, and I hope to see you then. Until then, this is Bad GM's Campaign Build Along, and I'm the Bad GM Wayne Davis, saying so long, till next time.